This week is Redemption Week. So, <laughs> uh, they don't even know. They don't Just, even that know. That was seven weeks ago. I know. <laughs> that was seven weeks ago. Uh, anyways, uh, hey guys, welcome to Game Devs Quest, your once weekly podcast where we go from uh, scrubs to awesome game developers, hopefully. Uh, I am your co host, Taylor, joined by my host, Red. Bada bing, bada boom. What up, guys? Uh, so yeah, this this is Redemption Week. It had some highs and lows, a lot of lows, and then now we're on a high. <laughs> uh, so it all started off with uh, me editing a podcast last week, which normally Red does, and uh, I edited it. And the episode that we aired this week was uh, it started off, and Red's like, "All right, take it away." And I was like, uh, 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 and I sounded like just an idiot, <laughs> just like blubbering, whatever, you know. And uh, so I decided this week uh, I'm taking the reins. And uh, proud of you. Did, I did it's the been intro. seven long weeks in the making. I know, but we're here. Uh, and this is episode like twenty something, and I still am getting butterflies when I have to take the reins. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. I guess I should take partial responsibility for it because I just was like, I probably, I can guarantee you my thought process was like, man, why am I always bulldozing Taylor? I'll give him the reins, you know? And then just like literally like pushed you over a little cliffside. Just like, uh, here you go, buddy. Learn to fly. No, that's, that's good. That's what you should do. Although I will say from experience that that doesn't always work. Uh, my first uh, time at taking data structures in college was uh, they came into class like I had just started learning programming the previous semester and you know did okay but didn't really grasp the concept all that well well then we get to data structures which is much more complicated and my professor walks in and he's like all right well this is the class where we basically just throw you in the deep end and you learn to sink or swim and a lot of you will probably sink and <laughs> didn't work huh it didn't it didn't really work <laughs> i ended up uh dropping out of computer science because of that because i uh was i uh yeah i don't believe that works i mean it does and it doesn't right like can you think of any time that that like just worked really well for you <laughs> not off the top of my head i can imagine that if there's a time crunch like that sort of like learning style or i guess not learning style teaching style would uh separate the chaff from the wheat yeah but uh it's not really like what you want to do in other settings, right? Like, yeah. Well, and especially at least for me, like when I was learning how to program, like I really needed my hand held. Um, and so that style, especially like talking about <laughs> at the time, it seemed like pretty advanced concepts, you know, uh, like, dude, what? you, uh, you said at the time you really needed your hand held. And I was imagining like a little PDA. Like, <laughs> handheld. I was like, why like did you have a uh, smartphone like what the fuck well that was 2008 um I, oh shit so smartphones were like new things 
Yeah, 2006 was the invention of the of the iPhone, rather. Not the smartphone, but the iPhone. Because Blackberries and PDAs had been doing it long before then. I had a PDA briefly uh, in high school, and I pawned it for something cool. It was like, (laughs) I, I like had pawned it. Or like somebody had traded it to me for something. I was like, oh, okay. And it was like kind of cool. And then I traded it for something else. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. At the time, dude, I only knew like my boss, I worked at the school's help desk and uh, my boss was like the only person I knew that had a smartphone. It's kind of crazy. So I didn't jump, I didn't jump on the bandwagon until like 2014 or something too. Right. But yeah, I guess I didn't get mine until like, I don't know what 2012 maybe. Yeah. Now everyone has them. Anyways. Yeah. Uh, how'd your week go, Rhett? We had we had a lot of interaction. I feel like. Yeah. Well, I think we definitely were trying to make up for uh, last week and maybe even the week before. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a little bit of time to recharge this weekend. Last weekend was uh, Bailey's birthday, uh, and so uh, I took her. Uh, anybody who's familiar with the Pacific Northwest, I don't know. Uh, we live in Oregon, obviously. So, uh, she, you know, she wanted to go to the coast, but we had sort of talked about how old the coast gets sometimes, especially this time of year. It's like slam packed. So, uh, although the place I chose wasn't any less slam packed, but we decided to go to uh, Central Oregon, uh, up in the mountains. I kind of figured it would cool off a little bit, but I was wrong. It uh, was still really hot. Um, but we went to Bend, Oregon, which is like the doorstep of like the great wilderness of, uh, of Oregon basically. And there's like outdoor activities, like, you know, within driving distance of the town, like easily we did like five day trips in one day, basically, um, five different little mini hikes. And um, it was a lot of fun. We went down into a cave. Everybody told us not to go to it. There's a cave over there in Bend called Lava River Cave or something like that. And it's basically just like a lava tube. And it's a mile long. Um, And you just go down there and you hike to the end and you hike back. And everybody told me it would be like super crowded. Uh, But actually, it wasn't that bad. We got there pretty early and there wasn't that many people there. There was a lot of people when we were leaving. So I think we had the time right. Nice. Um. And it was a good, I, I kind of wish that it wasn't so busy during the day because it would have been a good way to cool off because it was like 45 degrees down there. Also pitch black, horrifying. Yeah. <laughs> um, we like got to the end and we like turned the lights off and it's just like, it's, yeah, it sparks something primal in you. And uh, of course, I, I had to tell you about this one. So, I mean, you might've seen me post about it on Facebook, but yeah, so we're I down there and we're coming back it. up from the cave and, and somebody's got their <laughs> fucking smartphone out and he's like, Oh dude, imagine the sweet ass Pokemon I could catch down here. <laughs> and he's like going and he's like, Oh what? No service down here. This fucking place sucks. <laughs> <laughs> he's at the bottom of a fucking cave and he's oh, upset geez. that he doesn't have service. Wow. Uh, so that cracked me up. That's awesome. <laughs> but that was a good little way for me to recharge. Uh, we came back late Monday, and I think you and I worked that day, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, dude, we did Mentor Monday. Um, yeah, which we had which talked was about. like, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> no, I was just gonna say, yeah, we've been talking about doing Mentor Mondays more often. We we've done two; they've both been <laughs> smash hits with me. <laughs> um, <laughs> And, uh, yeah, Bailey was kind of surprised we got back and she's like, really, you're going to like do work. Like you feel like that? I'm like, yeah, I feel like good. 
She's like, all right. <laughs> so we did that. That was good. We didn't do Tuesday because I had a really long day at work on Tuesday, but we did do Wednesday. Yep. And then we didn't do yesterday because I'm lazy day. and I Dumb. worked really hard at work and came home and it was just like, Bleh. yeah. So, and apparently your house almost burned down last night. So that must have been your thing that you texted <laughs> yeah. me about. Yeah, you texted me at like 9 p.m. And normally we'll text at like 6 or something to get our plan together. And if I don't hear hear from you by like 6.30 or 7, or if I haven't texted you by then, I just assume we're not doing something. But you texted me at 9. Yeah. And I had just kind of got on my laptop and was planning on doing some uh, Udemy tutorials. And uh, But before that, you are like, oh, you are like, yeah, sorry, man. Like, had a rough day, whatever. I was like, that's okay. Like, I did too. So I'm just starting to get at it, whatever. But yeah, so Allie got home kind of late. I was just like chilling on Rockzom stream. Um, and then uh, ate, whatever. And Allie got home kind of late. I was making her dinner. As I was making her dinner, one of our outlets in our kitchen, which had like nothing that was being used plugged into it, just all of a sudden started like vibrating and humming. Like this really loud like... <laughs> noise and i was just standing there like in the kitchen i was like what the heck and i i walked up to it and i thought because they have those reset buttons on them you know i thought maybe it just needed a reset and so i went to press the reset button and it popped and shot it like at the time it didn't look like just sparks it looked like it literally shot fire out of its holes you know and uh i i jumped out of the way and then like you smell that horrible smell you know Allie is like runs out like what the hell was that and uh oh geez you know we're opening the window and like this apartment is just freaking terrible like we've always had problems with all these little things like uh our window screens like are either missing or they're really bad and we had so we have a window kitchen that's right near where the outlet was and uh I'm scrambling to like open the window and put like a fan in it to start blowing the air out because uh, we thought our smoke detector was going to go off. And I just barely bump our uh, window screen and it pops out, like flies out of the window and then it like gets all <laughs> warped and bent. I'm just like, oh my God, this place sucks. Uh, <laughs> so anyways, and then like we, Allie calls the emergency maintenance line whatever and this dude comes out and it's like not a big deal but i don't know it was pretty irritating yeah well man i hope you guys get a move out of there soon because it sounds like you guys are so unhappy there (laughs) i just feel so bad it's like it's not bad when when things aren't going wrong and we have these like stretches of like six weeks where something doesn't happen but then, like, yeah, but... oh, the garage door, like, is stuck halfway open. Or the the door in the bedroom doesn't shut anymore. Or, you know, just all this stupid crap that keeps piling up. And, I don't know, the place is just run by people that I feel like don't care. Like, all the people uh, that I've talked to about it at work, they're like, yeah, dude, Eugene is known for being, like, the slumlord capital of the world. And you really probably have a slumlord as a, you know, as yeah. a man, property manager or whatever. I, and, I think I've made the joke before, but I was watching Futurama. And of course, it's the episode where Bender is trying to become like a great cook. And he goes off on this journey and he goes to a hobo camp where he meets this like famous chef, the chef who like taught Elzar how to cook or whatever. Oh, yeah. And uh, 
and Bender says something. They're on this basically this moon that's like a giant hobo camp. And Bender goes, wow, I haven't seen a hobo camp this big since uh, Eugene, Oregon. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> or uh, something along those lines. Yeah, he's like, It's so true. He goes, wow, though. this is the, the biggest hobo camp I've ever seen. Oh, no, wait. I'm thinking of Eugene, Oregon. That's what he says. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, it's like I was, we were talking about it the other day. I was just like, you know, like I really love the University of Oregon, at least like watching their sports. I actually have some qualms with the the university in general, but uh, also just the city of Eugene, I don't like it. I don't know. Right. Like it just feels, I mean, it's a welcoming place to everyone, like on the surface, I guess, but then, I don't know, I just don't feel that safe here, and... (laughs) How does it compare to... Okay, like drop Mount Angel out of this, but like, <laughs> um, but like Salem and Albany, like which one have you enjoyed the most out of those three places? Salem. <laughs> See, yeah. Salem's not all bad people. No, I know. It's meth capital of the world, but everybody loves Breaking Bad. <laughs> well, so <laughs> I I lived in Salem for like four or five years after I graduated from college. And you did live in kind of a nice neighborhood. Yeah, I mean, well, that's the thing. Like South Salem's pretty nice, um, but so yeah, I moved from there to Albany, and Albany, like we lived on, uh, oh, what's Geary Street, which is like right by where I work. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I see your old apartments like a couple times a week. <laughs> <laughs> but apparently, Geary Street is is pretty well known for like drug deals happening, like drive by drug deals. Like, people walking mm-hmm. down the street, like, dealing meth to each other. And so, like, there were some t- definitely some times where I felt a little creeped out. Uh, like, even just, like, walking from my car to my apartment. Or, like, we used to walk down Periwinkle Creek all the time. And there were some times where it was, like, we walked past some pretty sketchy people. But, Is like, that creek the one that's, like, across the street? Yeah, across the street. It's by the... Goes in front of there. my store. Yeah, it's it's actually a you really nice walk. how many people walk. have died in there? What? You know, uh, you know this this winter when it iced over, uh, a freaking dude came over to Mega Foods parking lot over there and was uh, spinning cookies, and he went over into the creek there and capsized. And because it was so wet and rainy out, the creek was like overflowing, and his car- vehicle washed down, and he got out, but he killed his wife and Holy infant daughter. Holy crap, dude! Yeah, that was right across from where you lived. Wow! Like you could have seen it from. Oh your yeah, window. I'm sure we would have. Damn. Huh. But anyways. <laughs> yeah, so anyways, though, on the scale, like, at first I was like, man, Albany is, like, really sketchy. But then I come to Eugene, dude, and Eugene yeah. is, like, ten times sketchier. Right. Like. You know, I think that's just going to be everywhere. I think everywhere it probably is. Everywhere is so sketch. You know, it's got these sketch neighborhoods. I've been trying to, like, have this conversation with Bailey for a while because, uh, you know, it kind of ties in to uh, the Buddha, what he said. I've been, like, really trying to. drill that home where it's like everybody is always unhappy with their current situation like a lot of people think that they need to have change to be happy Mm -hmm. like i'm bored with work i'm bored with where i live i'm bored with my current situation or i'm just dissatisfied or unhappy in general so if i get this thing that i want or i go to a new place or i change my routine i'm gonna be happy right and the truth is you'll be happy for a week you'll be happy for two maybe a month maybe half a year whatever it is but eventually like that routine will set in and you're going to think you're unhappy. Right. So I, I think it's a lot of just 
your mind space, right? Um, and Bailey's kind of ha- at that point now where she's not unhappy, but she wants the change because it's, she thinks she's going to get something out of it. And, uh, you know, she will. Yeah. But um, I keep trying to tell her, it's like, just enjoy where you're at now because, like, there will be a day 50 years from now where you're like, remember that little house we had in Silverton? Like, man, I had so much fun living there. <laughs> and we're going to be like, right? Oh, man, I miss that so much. Yeah, it's it's that, like, the thought process of, like, always wanting something that you don't have, which right. ends up making you unhappy in the moment. And you might not realize that, like you just said, like, you might not realize what you actually have. And, yeah. and looking back, you'll look at it with nostalgia or whatever, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I remember being like going to this like camp that I really did not want to go to, like a Boy Scout camp. It was like a leadership thing, and it was going to be really difficult because like I wasn't going with any of my friends. Um, and in fact, I was like one of the oldest ones there, which was like in a way sort of humiliating. And uh, I remember <clears throat> one of the guys who saw that I was having a difficult time. He was like older than me, probably like eighteen or nineteen. And I was like probably 15 or 16 at the time. And he, and he was like, dude, fun is a state of mind. Like it's where you are in your own mind. It's not what you're doing. Yeah. If you just try to have fun, you're going to have a lot of fun. Yeah, for sure. Like, All right, fine. I guess I'll try this bullshit advice. <laughs> Turns out he was right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but um, shit, man. Yeah. Well, And I, I get caught in that trap all the time. In fact, I feel like. Ever since I graduated, we sort of talked about this this week a little bit too. Go on though. Yeah. Sorry. Um. Ever since I graduated college, I, I've been disappointed, you know, with especially with just like with my career and everything. Well, real life is not what I think they led us to believe. No, it's in, not. As a teenager. Yeah. Um. They kind of make you feel like um, <clears throat> like graduating high school and like then, you know, getting a job or whatever. That it's like the key to happiness. Happiness. Yeah. <laughs> like the key first first it's the key to success, but then like what is what is the word I'm looking for? It's the key to success which leads to happiness, basically. Yeah, it's like the key to like long term happiness or yeah. whatever. Like Which it's, Yeah. It's like so that happened. I I graduate from college and then I have trouble finding a job. I end up getting a job for like twelve bucks an hour, working part time. I'm like, wow, college was really worth it, wasn't it? You know? And <laughs> so then like I kinda like slowly worked my way up the ladder to where I am now. But I always have something else that I wish I was doing. Like right now it's game development. You know, it, it used to be right. web development and I'd freaking devote my life to learning web development and then I'd get burned out or whatever and and then you get kind of hopeless at time. And that's that's kinda going back to what you were saying, that's kinda how I was feeling this week. Um, I, yeah. was, I was feeling kind of hopeless. We sort of talked the other day. We were going to do a lot of work, and we ended up kind of having like a therapy session. <laughs> Not just for you. It was therapeutic for me, too. I said that. Oh, I'm yeah. like, oh, boy, I'm a douche. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was It was definitely um, kind of a regroup. And just we haven't really had that point where we've um, – felt like we needed to analyze and talk about the podcast or just like what we're doing in general. And it's been a while. We've been on autopilot. Yeah. We totally have been on autopilot. So I think this week, like starting off with me editing the podcast and feeling like I sound just like a freaking idiot. uh, That kind of set me in this kind of mood, I guess. 
And then on top of that, there was one day, I don't remember, it might have been Monday, where I read I read an article um, called Your Indie Game Will Flop and You Will Lose Money. <laughs> uh, and then I also like went on Reddit and was looking at the game dev uh, subreddit. And like there were so many posts about like how it's a bad idea to invest your your time into game development because you're going to just like flop and lose money. And it was all like jump con- in? connected. Yeah, go ahead. So it's a bad idea to do anything other than work a nine to five, get your retirement, put your money in stocks. Like, dude, fuck all these people because hobbies, here's the thing. Like, we have so many skills that are monetizable, but we were taught to believe that they were not, okay? Being able to write well is a monetizable skill, as seen by thousands and thousands of journalists, novelists, short story writers, film and TV writers, video game writers, Bloggers, okay? Yeah. But it, in high school, I was told that I shouldn't dedicate so much time, li- you know, writing. So I didn't. And now it's like one of my biggest hobbies, and I'm like so far behind the curve. <laughs> Uh, music, apparently not a monetizable skill. Okay, (laughs) but it is. Uh, computers. Well, everybody wanted me to get involved with computers because, well, what the top five paying jobs in the United States are computer related and blah 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 blah. blah. (laughs) Um, okay, but then the opposite side of the coin of that is like the top five unhappiest jobs in the United States were all computer related. Software programmers. Yeah. Okay. So when people say like, uh, what was it? Uh, yeah. Don't invest your money in this. Don't invest your time in this because you will fail. Yeah. Go fucking like, I hope the article had more. I didn't read it, but I hope it had uh, more (laughs) to say than just that. Just the horror story. Because the truth of the matter is think about all the fucking shit that people waste money on, but we're so happy with it. Oh yeah. Because it's the normal thing. Uh, how come there's not an article that says don't go waste 50 fucking dollars taking your girlfriend out to the movies? Uh, you know, right. like, because it's 2017 and movies are getting worse, you know? Yeah. Like, how come there's not one that says, uh, you know, um, don't go spend $60 on every brand new video game ever? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> don't go waste your money buying a brand new car or, like, what? A- oh, just... Go on. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, the article is, I mean, it shows graphs and all kinds of stuff. And it basically says, um, the idea is basically that, like, just like anything else, there are a select few groups of, or studios or whatever, that basically own most of the market with indie games. And, uh, and so it's like, well, not only that, but what are you laughing at? Uh, (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, this is true. EA. Okay. Let's not even look at indie games. Let's look at the game market in general. Okay. EA, what owns like 60% of it. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's just throw that out there. Okay. Then there's like, 
then there's like a huge cut of it that's like just the Elder Scrolls theory, uh, series. So yeah. like Bethesda's up there, I guess. You yeah. know, that's like 10% of the entire game market. Ubisoft. Uh, uh, <laughs> Ubisoft, okay. Yeah. Activision. Um, but here's the thing, and here's the way I view it all the time. Uh, let's say you, uh, like you create a CD, right? You're a musician. You've made an album. Now you put it online. Yeah, physical album sales. You can ship an album. You got vinyl. You got CD. You got cassette tapes, but you also got high quality digital downloads. And you sell the album digitally for one dollar. Okay, you might think you're losing money on that, but let's say you sell it. It. Do you think it's going to be impossible to sell it to ten thousand people if you aggressively pursue ten thousand people? This is like the guy who wrote in and asked for people to pay for his college tuition with pennies. If 2.5 million people sent him pennies, then he would have enough to pay for college. And he did. He did this (laughs) in the 80s or 90s or something like that. Like, there are people who have chump change. This is as as evidenced in the huge fucking boon in Kickstarter, GoFundMe. I saw some douchebag. This really fucking pissed me off. I want to go visit my friends and family in Texas next week. So I'm starting a GoFundMe. I need $2,000. Did he get it? <laughs> I have no do- okay. clue. I couldn't bring myself to click on it. Yeah. But he wants to go to Texas and like, no planning, no planning. I just want to do it before the summer's over. So can I get $2,000 in two weeks from everybody? I guarantee you some asshats like loaned him money for this or gave him money on this GoFundMe. But oh yeah, there sure. are people that do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, and I remember being in bands and seeing it all the time. Bands that didn't work half as hard as you and I did, yet they would post something online, uh, like an Indiegogo or a GoFundMe, and people would donate. Like they would get like 600 fucking dollars. Yeah. And then they would never go and produce the album that they promised. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, so there's, a, there are so many people in this planet that it does not take that many to, um, represent like a portion of the pie that you and I would be satisfied with people like you and I definitely. Um, yeah, I mean, and, and thinking about it too, like some of the numbers that he talks about seem fine to me, you know, like, uh, I, I don't have it. I don't have an exact quote or anything, but it's it's kind of like, it's kind of like we, we always talk about being kind of like, niche or niche however you say that word you know if you have like a following and you have like a niche kind of game that satisfies some need of that that following you'll you'll build a you'll you'll be successful you know like if i if i made some game that has some new mechanic in it or whatever that people like you know Maybe it's not the most popular, or whatever, and I sell ten thousand copies at five dollars. Like, there's fifty grand. That's boom. That's pretty good, you know. To me, that would be that's, a success. That's yeah, and that's a year's wage. You yeah. know what I mean? And it's like if you, <clears throat> uh, I don't know. I this isn't the financial independence podcast, um, yeah. but you don't need that much money to live. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So if you're making money doing things that you love, mm-hmm. like fifty thousand dollars is a lot of money, but it's not at the same time. Right. Yeah, you can blow fifty thousand dollars I mean, in a day. But Right, exactly. <laughs> uh, 
I mean, so. But that's part of like going back to like failure philosophy should not and, be. Yeah, go ahead. I mean, that's part part of it though. Is like if you plan to do this, like right now we're just hobbyists, right? We both have jobs, but like how badass would it be if we did this full time? Like if we devoted ourselves to like making games, you know? I feel like I would I would feel very fulfilled. Um, you know, just making something awesome. Um. But the caveat there is that there's no guarantee of success and you have to prepare yourself to be a failure. But by doing that, like, you know, you have, you have to live below your means. And that's something I'm big about anyways. Like people today, like for one, they don't have a lot of money, but then they'll, they'll maintain their lifestyle as if they did have a lot of money. And they go out yeah. and buy stuff that they don't need. Our generation is getting better, as evidenced by the number of us who are traveling the world. Like, and they're not doing, like, you know what I'm like, these people that are in our generation traveling the world, they're saving up for these vacations. Yeah. They're not. Don't put borrowing. it right on your credit card and, and right. just leave it on there forever. Right. You know, um, but then there are people, and there's a there's a person I won't say her name. You and I know this person, um, dude. They piss me off so bad because they talk about how hard they work and they make like good money, like whatever. Uh, I don't want to say the field because I don't want to narrow down who this person is. But let's say I bet you they make like fifteen bucks an hour, maybe even more. Mm-hmm. Pretty decent money, um, for somebody our age. And especially that much money with like guaranteed overtime and all this sort of stuff. And they work so hard, right? And uh, nobody works harder than them. And nobody knows the true meaning of hard work because they're working overtime and, oh, 50 hours a week. Okay. But then they always have to borrow money to get groceries. They always have to borrow money to pay their bills. They always have to borrow money to put gas in their tank. What the fuck, dude? I made minimum wage for like three years and never needed to borrow a cent yeah well it's just about prioritization and i don't know i i find it kind of i kind of take pride in the fact that i'm very self self-sufficient and and also that i get away with less you know i don't like wasting food i don't like spending my money on things that i won't use you know if i if I, like right now, my pair of shoes that I wear, they look fine. Like I wear them to work every day. They look fine. But on the bottom, they're coming to pieces, dude. And <laughs> yeah. I've been like toying with the idea of getting new shoes for a while, you know, probably a couple months, but I haven't done it because I don't really need to, you know? It's not really like making my life worse or anything. So put up with it for a little while longer and you save money. I mean, and it's not all about saving money. Like we were talking about getting an air conditioner last week. Sometimes things are worth spending money on. Yep. Um, but in the in terms of like becoming a an indie game developer, or you know whatever it is that your passion is, maybe you want to open up an Etsy shop or whatever. Um, you have to really budget, and you have to give. You have to sacrifice things to yeah. to make sure that you can continue doing 
your passion. Yeah. And so right, like right now, uh, I can't do this full time. My wife is in school. Um, you know, she brings in money, um, but it would be tough to live off of just her income. And so like, I have to work. And while I'm working and, and knowing what I want to try to do, like we're trying to save as much money as we can and not piss it away on stupid crap, you know? Um, which, yeah, I don't, man, this is like a financial episode. <laughs> Bro, I, maybe people need to hear this. I don't know, yeah. because there's a lot of people who think that, I don't know, I don't think that failure should be the, um, or the prospect of failure, the specter of failure in your future should not be the obstacle that stops you from pursuing a hobby. Yeah. And pursuing a hobby that you could eventually monetize. Yeah. Right? It's weird because if I told people that, hey, I want to make games for money, um, people would be like, wow, good luck. Like, I remember one time, this was this was kind of surprising coming from uh, when, when Kurt had come back from, actually, maybe it was before Kurt had gone on the PCT. Um, Kurt's I, one I of our good talking. buddies, by the way. Uh, yes. Go, on, uh, was, go check out his website, uh, hugtherhino.com. Yeah. Uh, it's a great website about... Um, <laughs> All kinds sustainable of humanitarian living and happiness. And stuff, and, yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, he we really sold the that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kurt's a cool guy. I, he's one of my best friends. Uh, and we, yeah, we can talk about him later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, uh, he hiked the entire Pacific Crest trail. For those of you guys who don't know, it's a trail that, uh, spans the entire, uh, length of, the, well, not length, uh, height, tallness, <laughs> of the United States. It goes from the border of Canada to the border of Mexico and uh, crests the uh, Cascade Mountains, the Sierra Nevada Mountains, uh, etc. And uh, it's quite a f- undertaking to accomplish and yeah, not he... very many people finish it who start. I think he was gone and... for like five months or something. F- yeah, four and a half months or something like that. Yeah. yeah. So Hiking um, like 20 to 30 miles a day. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. Um so, but anyway, I talked to him about something and I, I don't know what, and this guy, Kurt is like an entrepreneur at heart. And, uh, I was, I told him that, uh, I've been reading this book and he's like, what's this book called? And I said, it's about, it's called how to make, uh, how to make money making music. And he goes, what are the, uh, he goes, what's that? A one page book? Don't, <laughs> you know, or something like that. <laughs> and I was like, Kurt, God, dude, the society got to you. Like, I said, look, everybody told me this. And I mean, this was a conversation I had later in my own mind. You know, everybody told me that that was not an option. And now I'm not making a living off of music, but I am making money making music. Yeah. And one of the things that it specifies is like diversification. Like, you got all this equipment to make music, rent it out to people oh, who need yeah. it to make music themselves. Oh, you got. You got a space to put on shows, rent it out. You got speakers, rent them out. You got instruments, rent them out. Yeah. Uh, you got studio equipment, <laughs> you know, freaking have, like, have a studio. People come and record. Yeah. You got uh, all this sort of stuff. Like, oh, you got skills? Go to a studio and help a singer put together an album. You got oh, it's just like so much stuff, you know, like. Well, that kind of reminds me of uh, if you remember McFunky Pants. Uh, Christopher mm-hmm. Kaitila. Uh, he, so he's a game developer from Van or, uh, Victoria or Vancouver. I'm not sure which. Uh, BC. BC, yeah. 
and he's he's a really successful game developer from my eyes um he's made like tons of games he's written books whatever but his job isn't primarily like making a game that he plans on releasing for money kind of a thing right his job is he does contract work like yeah one of the i one specific example i remember is that he was hired by some company that wanted to make this kind of interactive uh training tutorial about like their company's culture or something yeah you know? yeah and it's like that is so off the wall but he said like you know he made a good amount of money from it and then that allowed him the freedom of you know not having to work for a while and doing his own stuff you know right uh, you know and that's the thing like if uh, if you have a skill set and you have the equipment to pursue this skill set you have the knowledge and the equipment to pers- to do other things with that mm-hmm. right like if you have somebody like McFunky Pants skill set then you can do things like that if you're a podcaster like us you have the equipment taylor went on uh for his uh for his um brick breaker clone and made the sound effects with the equipment that he had because of this little hobby that we have granted he just used his <laughs> mouth and stuff which is cool like i don't want to break the illusion but dude you can't tell when you play the game yeah and if you know how to edit audio then you're one step closer to being able to edit audio for other people for money. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I've cut podcasts. Um, uh, I met people like on Reddit where I've cut podcasts for them for like a small little monetary uh, exchange. Uh, one of my uh, buddies from my other podcast, Chaotic Amateurs, like that's all he does is edits audio. He's a sound designer. He edits audio. He creates sound effects and he does voiceovers. And then he's a podcaster on top of it. So it's like he's got this like skill set that applies itself to so many different ways. And if you are making games, you have skills that apply to other things. If you're making games and you're like me and Taylor who are kind of like a do-it-all yourself, why can't you do pixel art for other people? Why can't you do music for other people? Right. Uh, why can't you help write scripts for other people? There's no reason you can't. You don't just have to make your game. Um, and there are so many other ways that that applies to things like Christopher McFunky Pants and the interactive tutorial thing which he said was like the dumbest thing ever but you know (laughs) it paid some bills yeah what i I was gonna just say it's amazing too now kind of immersing myself into this like indie game culture how many people say i can't dude i know you know like like (laughs) my philosophy at least is okay so at at this point i really want to be an indie game developer full-time but I don't want to have to rely on anyone else. Like, you know, if you and I were working together, that'd be cool. But I also don't want to have to rely on that. I want to be self-sufficient. And that means I need to learn everything, which, you know, may not be the most efficient thing to do, but like already in the span of like three months of us doing this, four months or whatever, uh, I feel like our pixel art skills aren't great but they're passable dude yours are legit if we were to do this full time being an artist well thank you but (laughs) if we if we did this full time and we were you know like let's say we just did pixel art like building our own assets for one day eight hours or whatever think of the skills that we would gain by doing that for 40 50 60 hours a week you know (laughs) yeah for sure what yeah 
so I don't know. Like, it's definitely fine to to go to like an app store and get something to learn whatever. But like, you can do it yourself. Um, it may not be the greatest like at at first, but there there are many people before you who have done it all by themselves. Like thinking about Concerned Ape from uh, Stardew Valley. He made every like he didn't even yep. use an engine for one thing, which baller status <laughs> right there, dude. But mad baller status. Yeah, but he also didn't. Um, as far as I know, he didn't have any kind of art skill, and he did all of the art himself, all of the music, all of the sound effects, everything himself. It took him a long time. He spent four years making it, but like Stardew Valley's freaking popular and a su- hit success, you know. Yeah. Well, we've said it before. I mean, we are scrubs, and I guarantee you, if you go and look at anything that we've posted on our website, on our Twitter account, uh, if we can do it, you absolutely can do it. <laughs> so, yeah, like, get out there. Stop saying, uh, stop saying, I can't. Yeah, start saying you can. Exactly. Si se puede. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. Well, that's funny though that we're we're talking like that because two days ago. <laughs> Two days ago when we had our regroup session, man, I was feeling pretty low. Um, and I think that's yeah. just natural. But I... Yeah, I think uh, the Buddha said that uh, dissatisfaction is like the like natural state of being. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Which, by uh, the way, we should... that, but I think so. We should talk a little bit about Philosophize This because that was... You recommended Philosophize This this week to me. It's a podcast about philosophy and holy cow dude i really like that podcast how much have you listened to i think i've listened to three episodes i listened nice. i listened to uh i started on episode nine although good. i did go back and download episodes one through eight so i'll listen to them uh i know you're, <laughs> you're shaking your head but i'm gonna do it uh <laughs> So I started at episode nine, which is uh, about Buddhism. Then the next one was about the Hellenistic Hellenistic Age, Age which was interesting uh, about like cynicism and uh, oh, I'm blanking on what the other ones were. And then the the last one I listened to was about Stoicism, uh, which was interesting because the Stoicism that I know about, you know, Marcus Aurelius, Epictetus, uh, Seneca, Seneca. They're all considered late Stoics, which is interesting. At least that's what he was saying in the podcast. The people that there was this guy called Zen, Zena, Zeno. Do you remember? Forget his no. name. But he was like hundreds of years before the kind of mainstream Stoics that we know of today. And uh, yeah, it was just kind of fascinating hearing. It, it makes me realize too, like listening to all these different types of philosophy like especially since they're ancient a lot of them not everything applies you know and yeah and it it makes me think like because when i was listening to the buddhist one i was like wow like that's pretty amazing uh you know i identify a lot with some of this stuff but maybe not all of it and same with stoicism it's like i feel like i could pick and choose like some of the important things that i identify with or feel like could benefit me uh, to kind of build my own philosophy, you know, which is, yeah. Which is and cool. that's always kind of, it, it's interesting. Cause, uh, you know, I got like loosely into philosophy in high school, 
probably like my junior and senior year in high school. And uh, that was like the big thing was I, I remember going to friend's house and, and talking uh, like religious philosophy specifically and being able to uh, talk about like what the, you know, the masters said, you know, being able to talk about and, and like talk about what's in the texts and what's in the scriptures and what's in the whatever that you're looking at mm-hmm. and being able to like kind of a, identify with it and apply it to like modern day and all that sort of stuff. And we had a lot of fun doing that. But then another buddy of mine, uh, Cody, wow. he, uh, <laughs> he was just that. like, what you were like, you had kind of like a smile on your face and then you're like, Cody. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, anybody who's ever listened to my other podcast, Duel of Taints, uh, knows that he can be kind of a know-it-all. I've talked about it on there quite a bit. And I haven't spoken to him in years, so I don't have a problem saying that he like be- truly believes that he's smarter than he actually is. And <laughs> I remember talking about like reading philosophy, reading philosophy, and like one of the biggest revelations I had was, oh, I'm not the first to think these things. And I remember I was taking a philosophy class and reading up on people that I'd never even heard of. And just like was my mind was being blown. And he was like, yeah, I don't like reading philosophy. I was like, why? And he's like, I'd rather just invent the philosophy myself. <laughs> and I was like, but you're not like no matter what you've thought, like you're not inventing it. <laughs> like you're not the first person to have these thoughts. I was like, there's seven and a half billion people on this planet. And many, 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 many billions more have lived before you. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't know. It just blew my mind. And uh, I. I yeah, I don't remember quite how we got here, but because uh, we were talking about picking and choosing, yeah, oh, right, the philosophies. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's fun, uh, and that's always kind of what I've done ever since I've gotten into. I don't think that there's like one a one match all sort of philosophy. You know, it's like uh, we were talking about like religion a while ago, and it's like obviously like there are a lot of things in Catholicism that are great, but there's a lot of things about the institution and and its history that are bad. There's a lot of things in Islam that are great, but there are things in the institution and stuff that are bad. And, um, you know, you can look and pick and choose uh, different aspects of it, and you can see that all of them generally, like, try to have good at their core. Yeah. Um, And then you can go to other philosophies and stuff where, you know, it's like I've always sort of considered myself a positivist, which, like... uh, they believe, um, you know, that like the most important evidence, uh, I could be wrong about this, but uh, they believe that like the most important evidence, uh, is like empirical evidence, like what you can sense with your own senses Mm -hmm. and maybe, maybe reason out with, uh, with logic and stuff like that, you know, discovering the natural laws through logic as an extension of what you can sense with your five senses. But obviously there's a lot of science that we can't really, sense for ourselves like the higgs boson like we can't sense that for ourselves (laughs) but i have no doubt that it exists so like there's parts of positivism that i absolutely agree with i do believe that like what is important is our five senses and even if like you know the world is just a fucking illusion it doesn't matter right like we have to live in the illusion no matter what conan the barbarian said this best i'm gonna i'm gonna paraphrase it or cut it short because the whole the whole quote has to do with gods and stuff like that uh but uh this better blow my mind, Rhett. <laughs> well dude. I think it will. 
he says, uh, I know this. If life is an illusion, then I am no less an illusion. And being thus, the illusion is real to me. <laughs> That's, I like that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, it just doesn't like certain questions like that don't really matter too much. You know, it's like I know like human beings are like totally wired to like seek the meaning of life and yeah. stuff like that. But like the meaning is like what we make of it. Oh, yeah. The meaning is like what we do before we die. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and death sort of is like what punctuates that and get like accent, uh, accents the importance of like, you know, living and and not waiting for tomorrow and not and not uh glorifying the past and all that sort of stuff um you know and i don't know people talk about all the time like uh about the afterlife and all that sort of stuff but it's like fuck dude we got so much shit to deal with like here and now (laughs) (laughs) yeah dude (laughs) you know i know ignorance is bliss man yeah yeah Uh, it's true it's very true i was uh much more blissful back in the day i feel like (laughs) yeah for sure but uh Anyways, yeah, dude, uh, totally check out um, Philosophize This. Um, I, it g- gave me vibes similar to what I feel when I listen to like Hardcore History or anything by Dan Carlin, really. I just feel like it, it's very polished. Uh, there's obviously been a ton of research put into it and just super interesting. I'll probably go through all of them, I think. So thanks for the you suggestion. Know- you're welcome. If you're into that, if you're into philosophize this, you should really check out the Elder Lore podcast. Oh yeah, uh, it's uh, from uh, Elder Scrolls. Elder Scrolls, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's much better than mine and Lee's podcast, uh-huh. uh, and it's one guy, and it's scripted just like philosophize this, just like hardcore history, but it's all about the Elder Scrolls, baby. That's cool. Um, <laughs> so any sort of like lore or anything like that that you're interested in, man, he's got an episode on it. Nice. And uh, he does it really well with uh, Elder Scrolls music in the background. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah, dude. Awesome. Um, I did want to touch on a couple other things. Um, I know you said you had like your Evernote notes. I don't know if we hit them all. but uh... No, no, I, we didn't even get to them. <laughs> next time. All right, next time. <laughs> um, well, a couple things for me this week. Um, I spent a decent amount of time uh, working on our Udemy course and uh, been doing laser defender is what they call it which is basically kind of like this uh almost like similar to the asteroid kind of game that i made a while back following unity's tutorials but it's like you have a little 2d ship that you can control and fire basically and then there's these enemies that spawn in kind of like a formation and you can shoot them and they shoot back at you so i've been working on that it's been fun um after doing like a ton of unity work on my own uh, the course feels actually quite a bit easier than it used to, which is cool. Good. Um, it's actually getting me pretty stoked. Like, I'm feeling like, I mean, obviously, I don't know hardly anything. I know maybe like 1% or less of, of how to use Unity, but it makes me feel at least like, hey, maybe I can make games in Unity. Um, so that's pretty cool. That's the most important feeling. Um, I recommend... Especially after this week for you. What? Yeah. I said especially after this week for you, man, just like the way you've been down and all that. <laughs> I know. Yeah. That's been good. I've been trying to at least get in, you know, my lunch break doing that and, uh, you know, after after hours working on it too. So, yeah, man, I really recommend 
trying to pick up that the course again and, and maybe trying to catch up with me so we can hammer stuff out together. Um, Hell yeah, man. Yeah, I think uh, come August, I'm not sh- quite sure how my... I, here I am. This is the sad part about my life is that I'm always looking forward to like when things will slow down and then they never do. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, it's, but, it's uh, like we're talking though. Live in the present, dude. If you want it, oh, you yeah. got to do it now. You can't rely on oh. August being free. I know, I know. <laughs> but see, then what... Philosophize happens... your life, Rhett. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> anyway, so what you um, say? <laughs> no, for, for real, dude. It's all about the, the middle way. Mm-hmm. Um, more yeah. Buddha for you. <laughs> but um yeah i was just gonna say like uh so i mean yeah hopefully things sl- start slowing down for me because work's been kind of crazy i do want to start pushing my work schedule more like towards the weekend so that i have a little bit more time in the week to uh be able to sit down and 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 practice more mm-hmm. uh being able to do the mentor mondays this week and being able to work with you on that like dude i i felt so accomplished like you know we had uh, that was the day that we had done our little our little uh, regrouping session yeah. about the podcast and everything, and and then I was like, "Well, we might not get any work done today." And then you're like, "So what should we work on?" I was like, <laughs> "I guess we can get some work done today," you know. <laughs> and I'm glad I mentioned like do wanting to do like puzzles and stuff. Yeah. So we went on to the Euler problems and uh, or however you say it. Yeah. And um, project Euler. You know, we did number. I think. Yeah, and we did the. Uh, the first one, which I had already done before, but then the second one was like the Fibonacci sequence. And you got up and left. And of course, like you planned, you know, the algorithm for me in a word pad, but being able to sort of like figure it out and, and work it. And I did have help from you, obviously, but then you had got up and left and I was able to figure out some of it on my own. Yeah. Even <laughs> part of what I did too was just a joke. And you're like, that's right. That's correct. I'm like, what? <laughs> I was like, programming is dumb. Uh, uh, but uh, that I, I went to bed feeling so freaking accomplished. I was like, yeah. Yeah, dude. <laughs> and I woke up the next day like thinking, like, I should do some programming right now. But then I was late for work, so I had to go. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, it was, it was – I've said this before, but it was fun watching you too because I do feel like – the ideas are starting to kind of solidify in your mind to where um, you generally know what to do, I feel like. Oftentimes well, it's fun because because it is just logical thinking. Mm-hmm. And when I start connecting basically how to, you know, like how to connect things and all that sort of stuff, it's like, well, here's yeah. like writing it on the on the notepad. You're like, here's what we have to do. Step one, step two, step three. So that's how it works in my mind. I'm like, okay, well, here's what we need to do. Now, how do I program that? Yeah. You know? And so I think, like, once I start developing, like, the quote-unquote, like, synapses between all the different Mm -hmm. uh, programming aspects, you know, like, once I start developing the synapses, like, okay, how does this apply to that? How does this apply to that? Like, being able to figure out when, exactly when and where to, like, do certain things. Yeah. Like, then I think I'll I uh, I'll be I'll probably consider myself a programmer. But <laughs> until then, like yeah. I mean I, I I definitely am still a student. But it's so fun. Like I was just thinking about that the other night. I was like, oh man, like I actually am getting better at this. Yeah. Like I was thinking about I went back and like listened to like episode one, and I was like, oh god, <laughs> <laughs> like you've come so far. Yeah, man. 
Um, well, and, and that's the thing. Like, once you get kind of the hang of the rules, quote unquote, of programming, you know, and and like eventually, I I find myself now just thinking in terms of code. You know, like oftentimes I don't even know how to say what I'm trying to to do, but it right. it it works in my head, and then I just have to figure it out how it looks in code. And then oftentimes right. once I figure out how it how it can be written in code, then I'm like, okay, so this does this and this does this, and you take this and blah blah blah, you know, and then it and then it translates into English pretty easily. But the, what we did uh, with that second Euler's problem was really good like they always talk about um the coding part should be like the easy part like when we're making these games and stuff we're just spitballing the whole time but if you're actually yeah. like a professional software engineer or whatever you would spend time thinking about the whole design of the application and oftentimes you'll write pseudo code which kind of explains generally what the code should do in order to kind of like do what you said it should do in the design. And then since you have all of those ideas like laid out, just like you said, it became, it becomes much easier to actually write the code. So it might, yeah. it might be a good idea to actually start doing that. And, and we, well, and at the beginning of the pod uh, of our show, when we first started doing it, like, dude, we were huge advocates, advocates for like game design documents mm -hmm. or design documents in general. Yeah. And I remember doing the prison escape and I had a diagram and that was like what I based it off of. Uh -huh. uh, but I didn't comment or do anything in my code. And I remember thinking like how freaking hard it was to hold all of the pieces yeah. in my mind while doing it. Yeah. And I remember like, you know, it's kind of like doing a puzzle, like, you know, doing the Rubik's Cube or whatever, where you all of a sudden you see the path in your mind's eye and you start doing it. But then if you lose that, you don't remember where you were going on the puzzle you know, like the Rubik's Cube, for example, you don't remember where you're going to solve it. And you're like, oh, shit, I was so close. And it's like, that's what I was doing for that prison escape text adventure was just like holding all of the pieces in my mind. Hey, guys, sorry about that. Uh, I had someone at the door and I had to get that. So uh, here we are. We're back. Kind of a, an, yeah. abrupt, an abrupt uh, cut off of thought. So. Yeah, sorry. We're definitely not going to be able to quite pick up the pieces where we left <laughs> off, but uh Suffice to say, I do believe that uh, game design documents are important, and I think that the Euler problem that we were talking about, where you had sort of like planned out our algorithm in writing, uh, I think that's like what made it so easy for me to approach what I was doing. Yeah. Um, and we talked about it all the time at the beginning of the podcast, but I do really advocate for game design documents. I advocate for documenting any sort of project. If it's an art, like if you're going to build a house, like you need some blueprints. If you need. Uh, if you're going to write a story, an outline is usually a good idea. Um, and if you're going to write a song, like maybe jotting down the lyrics and the song structure uh, is a good way to, to progress with that. I think it applies to game dev and programming in general pretty well. Yeah, for sure. So that's about the best segue that we can <laughs> offer you from where we left off. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. What else we got before we sign out here, Taylor? Uh, a couple little things. I think just some... Uh everyday kind of stuff. I did want to mention, uh, I wanted to shout out our boy, Julian Toker. <laughs> uh, he, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He is a game designer from Pennsylvania, 
and uh, I joined him on his stream for a couple hours yesterday. He had a really fun stream. Uh, he was making this game um, that's kind of like a Settlers of Catan kind of game. It's like an economy type of game uh, that really could be played as like a board game. And the interesting thing was he was he was designing the game. He wasn't actually going to implement the game, but the way that he does design is by like prototyping. And uh, the whole stream was him in Google Sheets. And apparently Google Sheets has its own scripting. And uh, so this dude made a kind of like Settlers of Catan game in a spreadsheet. <laughs> nice. And it was pretty cool. So it was it was fun seeing how that worked. And uh, he was just really chill and cool and fun. Uh, so anyway, shout out to Julian Toker. Check him out. He has a fun stream. I think it's just twitch.tv slash Julian Toker. That's J-U-L-I-A-N-T-O-K-E-R. So. Mm. Yeah. Anyways, uh, what else, Rhett? What, what did you have? Yeah, man. I just wanted to give a quick shout out. Um, we were sort of tweeting with him earlier, but uh, it, it uh, bears it bears uh, saying on the podcast. So, uh buddy of mine john dodson uh he's at j dodson on twitter and uh, another buddy of mine uh, at white boy slim on twitter uh they've been uh, really uh building a community over at cheerfulghost.com it's a really great gaming website uh where they basically people just share articles and share little tidbits um about gaming in general uh you know with e3 having passed they have a lot of stuff a lot of news coming out of e3 um and all sorts of you know they they share people's videos and and basically it's just a fun small community where people uh can share things that they have found interesting or like or uh, they can even write their own little articles on there uh it's a lot of fun i've been involved there for several years not heavily um but they've built quite a fun little community and they used to have a web show called the cheerful ghost roundtable and it was on youtube uh and it was always fun to check out but um, they have decided to join the podcasting bandwagon. So I just want to take a moment to welcome them. Uh, I, I honestly believe podcasters are some of the best, uh, the best kind of community out there, along with game dev. Um, and uh, I, I think anybody who's interested in gaming in general uh, should go check out their podcast. Uh, it's just called Cheerful Ghost Radio. It's not out on iTunes yet, but you can find it at cheerfulghost.com. Um, um, Cheerful Ghost is also the people who published a game that we've talked about before called Starship Rubicon, uh, made by uh, this guy out of Portland named Wick. Uh, it's a really fun game, basically like a modernized asteroid-type shooter game with some like roguelike elements that are really, really fun. Um, you can uh, check out videos of that, that game on YouTube. There's a lots of like Let's Plays and stuff, but it's also on the website, cheerfulghost.com. You can see it. Um, pretty cool. So... Nice. Make sure you check out their podcast because uh, I think they'll have a lot of uh, topics that anybody who listens to us probably find just as interesting. Um, and they're real game developers, it sounds like. <laughs> yeah, well, John Dodson himself, I know that he's uh, pretty big into code. Like He designed his own website, like Cheerful Ghost, he designed himself. Uh, and he does a lot of other like web design type stuff on his own. Nice. Uh, but Wick was the one who programmed the entire game uh, starship rubicon on his own yeah. and i think cheerful ghost might have just published it i'm not exactly sure how the relationship worked 
but uh yeah go check it out truffleghost.com well it's also cool um just having oregonians to share interests with so well for sure you know and uh they yeah they're from portland and i know that they go to a lot of like the the uh, indie game conventions and stuff like that. Like I remember that they were showcasing uh, Starship Rubicon when they released it, like at uh, one of the indie game expos up there in Portland. So it's just really cool to like have people like, you know, cause we're sort of trying to build this community and it's been slow going. And it's one of the things we talked about earlier this week. Um, and sometimes it feels like we're not doing a good enough job, but sometimes all we got to do is combine our little communities with other little communities. And then you have a bigger community yep, exactly. and, uh, and they've been doing that for years now. And uh, I'm just yeah. super glad to to see them make the jump to podcasting because I think a lot more people would, uh, <clears throat> you know, I think a lot of people would be interested in the things that they talk about. But uh, the web show is kind of hard to get into because you had to watch it on YouTube. Um, and, you know, the, the shows were basically podcasts. So they were like an hour long, but uh, it was just hard to keep up with because you only had the one platform to do it. So hopefully this opens up a lot of listeners. So anybody who enjoys our podcast should really go check it out uh, when it drops on iTunes. And go check it out before. It yeah. is up on their website right now. Um, nice. And they're working out some kinks, but I, I already listened to it and I really enjoyed it. Uh, but I have always enjoyed listening to them talk about games. They're uh, some fun dudes and uh, pretty knowledgeable about games and stuff. So Very cool. Yeah, and uh, just piggybacking off you a little bit, I highly advocate for people to get involved with with any community uh with your interests you know that aligns with your interests like for instance uh like i said julian toker's from pennsylvania roxom's from tennessee i believe uh and it's kind of cool just like you know their fan base probably isn't local but it's a different community all in itself and uh you know i i jumped into both of their streams just kind of well, Julian Toker, I saw his tweet on Twitter, uh, and I just joined it, and it ended up being really fun. And then Rockzom joined our uh, stream one time, kind of at random, it seemed like. And then now it's like, you know, those people have really cool communities, and uh, it's a good way to, you know, meet people with similar interests, and you know, maybe, maybe you find a future partner, or you know, just buddies all around. So. Pretty cool stuff. Yeah, for sure. I think the people that get the most out of like whatever they're doing are the ones that like put back into the communities, right? Because it's like a lot of people think that stuff exists in a vacuum, but it's not necessarily true. Like there's so many bands that I've seen when I was playing music a lot back in the day that uh, they literally just try to get booked on shows and they may or may not promote them. And if people aren't there, they're upset about it and all this sort of stuff, but it's like, you got to put work in. And, uh, one of the big things with being a musician is like putting back into the community, like trying to promote other bands, trying to promote your own shows for the promoter, even though it's not like, you know, it's not really your job, but you want people to come see you. Like you got to put in some legwork. Um, and, and then also, uh, you know, I don't know. There's a lot of stuff that I could say about music scene but then in the podcasting scene it's the same way you know it's like we've all started from square one i remember trying to figure out how to how to get my feed up on itunes and doing all that sort of stuff and uh you know engaging with the wider podcast culture on twitter has been just a a blast and i've uh i've made some friends from around the world whom i wouldn't have if it weren't for podcasting and twitter and all that sort of stuff so like putting stuff in you get a lot out um 
And uh, sometimes people don't get that. And I think it's the same with game dev, right? Like we've been engaging with these people, Roxam and uh, and uh, Julius Toker, Julian <laughs> Toker. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> Taylor did the legwork on that one. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, we've been g- engaging with these people not only on Twitter but on Twitch, uh, watching their streams and all that sort of stuff. You know, and being able to engage with the people that are over there and doing all that sort of stuff. It's fun. And you never know who you're going to meet. You never know what you're going to learn. Yeah. So. Yeah, exactly. uh, You're learning while, you know, being involved in a community, making friends. So. Right. I, and I tell this people, I tell people this all the time. It's like the same thing on Reddit. Like if there are communities that like you enjoy, don't just lurk, uh, comment, get involved. You know, yeah. sometimes there can be some toxicity, but just like try to avoid that sort of stuff yeah. and comment on your favorite subreddit and or put up a post on your favorite subreddit. Like you're going to yeah. be surprised by what people have to say and how they respond with your ideas and 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 how you respond to their ideas, you know, yeah. that sort of stuff. Well, so, and, uh, I know we're stretching this out, but like Butterscotch uh, shenanigans, they always talk about like how they have their own forums and stuff and you know, just don't be a jerk. They don't have any downvoting or anything like that. It's only just likes, you know, and yeah. they, they're always just an advocate for not being a jerk. And so that's like, you can be a candle, you know, in a dark room too. Like sometimes on Reddit, I'll see people kind of like trashing somebody for asking an innocent question. And it's like, yeah, well, <laughs> like here's an opportunity I can, you know, add some positivity to this instead of just like having these people just gang up on someone who doesn't know anything. Yeah. And that's how you build a community too. Like you make it some welcome place that anyone feels like they can be a part of and learn from and, you know, just be themselves. So yeah. um, Yeah. Amen, man, for sure. So do that, get involved. That's, that is our game devs quest challenge to you this week. Listener, get involved with a community, whether it's a Discord channel, whether it's a, a subreddit, whether it's a Facebook group, whatever it might be. For real. Any final any final thoughts, Taylor? Well, we should do a challenge. Um, I yeah. know you said I know you said that you are going to Utah next week. Uh, yeah, something. I'm gonna be headed there. Yeah, I texted you that. Yeah. Um, but I think that we should try to get together to do some more project oiler stuff maybe i agree we should try to do like three project oilers that's what i was thinking try and try and get through three of them and they actually i mean that could be pretty hard because they they increase in difficulty pretty quickly from my experience. yeah it's like it's like an exponential increase yeah. in difficulty <laughs> like each level yeah dude for <laughs> real some of those ones like that are pages down the way are like crazy algorithms you know yeah so well, three's the goal. We'll see what happens. Yeah, let's do it. That's our team goal. All right, team goal. All right. Well, listeners, thanks for joining us for another episode of Game Devs Quest. We really appreciate you being part of this. Um, we're having a lot of fun. You know, we're going through ups and downs, just like you probably are too. So, uh, if you have anything you want to have us talk about on the podcast, or you know, just want to shout us out or whatever, hit us up on Twitter at Game Devs Quest. Um, we always say this every week, but I I really mean to do this soon. Look out for us uh, streaming on Twitch. I want to start doing that more regularly. Uh, for so, sure. You know, follow us on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash Game Devs Quest. And, uh, you know, as always, you can email us at gdq at airpodcast.com. And uh, 
If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to the podcast. We really appreciate it. So, Of course. And give us a like on Facebook, facebook.com slash airpodcast. Oh, yeah. All right, Girl. boys. Cue it. <laughs>